while the left has stooped to a new low. As they go off to react to the death of Salamandi, trying to praise him as some sort of diplomat, foreign policy leader, top military official in Iran, ignoring the fact that he was a brutal terrorist responsible for the death of countless people, including American lives. But Trump derangement syndrome has so overtaken the left that they can no longer hide their disdain and hatred for the United States as they blame the United States for all the evils of the world, despite creating the freest and most equal society on the face of the planet, while they go off and praise brutalist, uh, murderous dictators who oppress their people and subjugate uh, those to which the left claims that they are trying to promote and help. And Trump derangement syndrome has gotten completely out of hand. First, they had tried to defend the murderous thugs of MS-13. And now they are directly defending terrorists, which comes as no surprise, considering that under the Obama administration, they funded terrorism. But as we go through and we take a look, how is the media responding to all of this? Well, the New York Times is reporting that in the tense hours following the American killing of a top Iranian military commander, uh, my little side note, he was a terrorist, uh, the country's supreme leader, Alatoli, uh, who cares, uh, made a rare appearance uh, at a meeting of the government's National Security Council to lay down the parameters for any retaliation. It must be a direct and proportional attack on American interests, he said. Ooh, the Iranians are going to attack the American interests around the world or whatever. It must be a day that ends in Y for the Iranians. Now, the media, they've been going back and forth on how to play this based off of, well, the public's response. At first, they want to try and say that, oh, you know, this guy, he was a great guy, or, you know, he was a top leader and foreign policy leader, to, yeah, well, maybe he was bad, but was he really worth killing? Was, it, was this really the appropriate response? Well, here, take a look for yourself. Massive crowds are lining the streets in Tehran, honoring top military commander Qasem Soleimani. He was killed in a U.S. airstrike last week after leading Tehran's foreign policy and influence for decades. So these latest tweets about I'm going to attack cultural sites, well, why not make a pledge to come talk to Congress, you know? All he's doing is escalating tension. And I think there's a difference between saying the world is a safer place versus it being a better place. No one is going to argue that uh, so, uh, that having a bad guy off the face of the planet uh, isn't a good thing. We'll start uh, with your take on the killing of Soleimani and what can and should be the way forward dealing with the fact that Iran has made it clear it will respond. Well, there's no question they're going to respond. There are lots of questions about how, but uh, we have some questions to ask of our own president. Uh, look, there is no question that Soleimani had American blood on his hands, that he was a bad actor in the region. But if there is anything that we have learned in the last 20 years about the Middle East, it's that taking out a bad guy is not necessarily a good idea. Uh, after the briefing on Friday, you remember the Gang of Eight, so you, you would be briefed on such a thing, that you have yet to get an adequate answer about why the strike was necessary right now. Um, you heard Senator Warren suggest that this might be politically timed, almost like a wag the dog suggestion, to change the subject from impeachment, a pretty 
striking uh, suggestion from the senator. Is she right? Oh, my God. Are these people incredibly insane or what? Well, the world might be safer, but that doesn't make it better. What? In what world is a safer world, not a better world? Okay. And then you see how they try to say, well, you know, he was a foreign policy leader. And then, of course, why doesn't he come to Congress? And, well, you know, he had American blood on his hands, but was this really the right move to make? And, of course, the all-important question Was this politically timed in order to create a distraction from impeachment? My God, this is the media. This is the left. Why did he have to do it now? Oh, I didn't see any reason why he had to do it right now. Um, How about the fact that he had just led a coordinated attack on a U.S. embassy? I mean, think about this. Someone goes and attacks uh, the embassy. We retaliate by killing them, and the left's response is, well, why now? Why was it so important to do it now while he had just led the attack on the U.S. embassy trying to kill U.S. diplomats? You know, did this really need to happen right now? Which I guess, you know, for the left, uh, the response would have been Obama's response, which was to do nothing, let him kill our diplomats, and do so without any repercussions whatsoever. So at least we know how the left would respond. But think about this. What if Trump did do what the Democrats said he should have done? And that is nothing. You know, let the guy, you know, finish the attack and go home safely without any repercussions whatsoever. Well, then we know these same hypocrites would be out there attacking Trump as being weak on foreign policy, being weak on international security, being weak and unable to defend us, and they would call it his Benghazi. Of course, they're still trying to call it his Benghazi, except for people see that you know Trump actually defended our embassy, saved our diplomats, and killed the person who led the attack. Oh, you know, there's quite a bit of difference. But this is the left's response to everything. Attack Trump, defend our enemies. You know, and trying to say that, you know, taking out somebody, you know, who is a murderous uh, dictator, a murderous terrorist, a murderous, you know, person with American blood on their hands, and then questioning whether or not it was right to take them out. And then questioning whether the timing was right uh, when the timing was right after he led a coordinated attack on a U.S. embassy. My God. And these people are hoping that they get elected. Well, at least we know, at least we now know that if any one of them had gotten elected, if any one of them sits in the White House and there's another attack on a U.S. embassy with our diplomats' life in danger, that they wouldn't do anything. Because, of course, America is so evil that it is the right of other countries and terrorists to kill our government officials. Yeah, that is how the left you know, thinks and responds. And why didn't Trump waste time talking to Congress and let the terrorist leader get away while he wasted time with Congress? Yes, he's leading an attack on our embassy. We must take time to debate whether or not to respond. Are you kidding me? Uh, And some people are out there trying to think that the left 
is the moral leaders that the left would keep us safe? That the left has some sort of point here? No. Anybody who is supporting this particular narrative is either a political hack or a complete and total idiot. Trump did what was right. An attack was led on our embassy. He responded. They paid the consequences. And now Iran knows that, you know, unlike Obama, not only will Trump not fund their terrorist activity, but there's nobody in government who will be safe if they attack American interests and threaten American security. Now, of course, that's not the only thing going on in the news today. Uh, There is also more talk about impeachment and how the Democrats are trying to set up a predetermined guilty verdict before the Senate trial even begins. Now let's take a look at what the pathological liar Adam Schiff has to say about this. Uh, How long are Democrats, Democratic leaders, prepared to hold on to the articles? Uh, Might this go until February? Could this be indefinite? I don't think it's going to be indefinite, no. I don't think that's uh, at all the, the desire motivation here. The desire is to get a commitment from the Senate that they're going to have a fair trial. Fair to the president, yes, but fair to the American people. McConnell's not going to do what you guys want him to do. Well, McConnell, I think, is one success that this has already had is fleshing out McConnell, showing that he is working at cahoots with the president, that he has made himself an active participant in the president's cover-up. So the American people needed to see that, and now they do. Um, we so you're also, never going to get what you want, though. I mean, isn't that isn't that what you're well, saying? That's not necessarily the case either, because you are also seeing the effect of this is flushing out senators, both Democrats and Republicans, are now having to go on the record and say, do we want witnesses? Do we want to see the documents? Do we want the American people to hear the evidence? Do we want a real trial, uh, or do we want a cover up? Oh my God! You know, the Democrats they try to use words such as fair and. You know, trying to say that we need a process that is fair to the people. You know, what they say and what they really mean and do are completely two separate things. I mean, here it is. Adam Schiff led the committee in the House on one of the impeachment uh, hearings. And, And what had happened? He ran the most unfair process. He blocked witnesses uh, for the Republicans. He had witnesses uh, not answer questions from Republicans. You know, it, it is amazing. Here it is. You know, he says people should hear from witnesses. He had an opportunity, but he didn't call up anybody who actually witnessed anything. He called up a bunch of hearsay uh, people who never once witnessed a damn thing that they were testifying to. What the hell? And they want to go, well, the president blocked witnesses. Well, you know what? The president, one, said that you had to take a vote to start an uh, impeachment hearings or an impeachment inquiry. You refused to do that. And two, you could have had it adjudicated through the courts. But no, you had to rush it. You had to rush towards impeachment because it was important that you get impeachment before the all-crucial end of 2019 deadline so that you had a way to go through and promote to your base because it's all about influencing the 2020 election by being able to claim that you impeached the president. But you didn't have a fair process. You had a very corrupt process with a predetermined outcome and absolutely zero witnesses, zero evidence, and you still went off and impeached. Now you, from the House of Representatives, want to dictate to the Senate how the trial is going to go? 
who, and now you're concerned about finding actual witnesses to anything, and you want to go off and try to say it's fair, well, fair how? You know, are you trying to say fair to the president and the American people or fair to the fact that the Democrats can't get elected uh, because of Trump's popularity and success if you don't get him removed from office? You know, the idea that it is unfair that Trump sits in the White House being elected by the people instead of one of your tyrannical colleagues. And it, it is amazing. They're complete and utter phony hypocrites. And they get away with this time and time again. Now, what was McConnell's response? What is the response and process McConnell is following that the Democrats think is somehow unfair? Well, let's take a look. First, about this fantasy that the Speaker of the House will get to hand design the trial proceedings in the Senate, that's obviously a non-starter. What I've consistently said is pretty simple. The structure for this impeachment trial should track with the structure of the Clinton trial. I believe we should simply repeat that unanimous bipartisan precedent this time as well. President Trump should get the same treatment that every single senator thought was fair for President Clinton. Just like 20 years ago, we should address mid-trial questions such as witnesses after briefs, opening arguments, senator questions, and other relevant motions. Fair is fair. That is right. What is the Democrat saying is unfair, uh, colluding with the president, and you know a sham process in the Senate? Having the exact same process as they had for President Clinton. Of course, they want to say, that, no, 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 that's unfair because, you know, Clinton didn't get removed. So if we followed a fair process, Trump wouldn't get removed. Therefore, it's unfair. That See, just like in every other aspect of this country and every other aspect in our judicial system, they want one set of rules for Democrats and a completely other set of rules for Republicans. And those rules are Democrats either get completely fair and objective hearings in the judicial system or a predetermined and not guilty or a predetermined let go. And Republicans, regardless of anything, have a predetermined guilty. The idea that we would follow the exact same process as prior impeachments having the exact same rules and guidelines as all prior impeachment is somehow unfair. It's somehow corrupt, according to the Democrats. And yet, the House had just violated all precedent from prior impeachment inquiries that were run by the House of Representatives in order to run a sham process with a predetermined outcome, with zero witnesses Zero evidence. Okay, now there's one more thing uh, that we do need to get to, and that is, oh, political gloomy message cast uh, over Democrat primary. Ooh, what is this? Well, uh, Davenport, Iowa, the new year is taking the presidential primary to a dark place in the nation's first caucus state. President Donald Trump's impending impeachment trial and fear of war with Iran 
God, the fear-mongering by the left is never-ending, as well as Australian wildfires and the implications for climate change, quickly casts over a contest in which Democrats are already wrecked with uncertainty about which candidate has the best chance of defeating Trump. That's right, the Democrats are worried about the 2020 election. They know that they are in a bad spot, and they know that they've inflicted a lot of, well, self-inflicting wounds. You know, the way they're handling everything and their constant desire to try and attack Trump and to try and turn everything against Trump, even if that means supporting terrorists and tyrants, is not playing well to the general public, and they know it, but they can't help themselves because they can't get through the primaries without playing to the anti-self-hating left and still be able to go on and win the general election. The more they play to the left in order to get through the primaries, the worse things are going to be for them in the general election, but they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Because any idea that Trump, you know, doing anything, including waking up every morning, still the president and taking a breath, the fact that he's still alive every day, is somehow criminal and impeachable to the left. And, well, we know that it's definitely going to hurt them. The polling is showing that the Democrats are in deep trouble in 2020. All right, thank you so much for listening, and don't forget to hit subscribe if you haven't already, and share this episode with your friends and family. You can check the links in the description below to see how you can help contribute to the podcast and help it grow. Thank you so much, and I will be back again soon.